0: Hey Don the Stats fans, you got Jonathan Walsh here uh back on the podcast for the first time in a couple of weeks. And as always, I'm joined by my trusty co-host, Ian Hume. Hume, how's things, mate?
1: Look, just sort of winding down to the end of the year, dealing with a almost four month old and a almost three year old. Uh working on a, a very much a lack of sleep at the moment. So if I if I lose my train of thought I'll sound a bit sound a bit off tonight. Uh, that's the reason. Uh, how are you going? It's been a while since people have heard from you last time was the draft preview show with Jasper.
0: Yeah, good, mate. It's been a busy time with work. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of customers in the retail space. So, Black Friday and Cyber Monday is always a busy time for us. So, that's kept me busy. Um, yeah, I thought I'd have more time on my hands having a season off cricket, but I've been able to fill it pretty quickly. But I'm, I'm doing well, mate. Like you're counting down the days to Christmas. I like think I've got uh, 11, no, 6 work days left plus a Christmas party to get through and then the the recovery from that and I'll um, I'll have the feet up ready to, um, yeah, spend some time with family and friends over the Christmas break
1: Well, I know how hard you've worked from what you've been telling me so I think you're going to deserve that break uh, Yeah, and I guess just before we get started on tonight I just want to uh, have a big shout out and thanks to everyone who responded to the, the double episode uh, that I put out over, I think it was uh, last week, sorry uh, with uh, Jasper and Mike Reed, so on the on the draft review and on the board elections, which are coming up. Uh, so thanks to those two for giving up their time to chat with me about those two real big moments for the club. And sure. I guess we'll we'll get into tonight. We'll, we'll try and keep it short, but we we say that often, and you know, an hour later we're still going. So where are we starting tonight, Johnny? <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I guess uh, the yeah that board election I think is tomorrow night, isn't it? The is it the AGM I think so, um, or certainly. I think Wednesday. Early...
1: Wednesday oh, is it? Okay, yeah,
0: yeah gotcha. Um, yeah, I knew it was next week. Uh, so I guess we'll find out uh, whether we have any new board members or or the two incumbents in Muir and Welsh get voted into their seats. Uh, it's uncommon that. That players or former players don't get voted in, so you'd imagine Andrew Welsh will uh, will ride the momentum through, and and yeah, so that sort of really makes me with that one last spot. But yeah, I guess we'll find out more. But in terms of appointments, I guess the the big one uh, that we've we've seen since you last put out uh, the brilliant show with Mike and then Jasper was the CEO appointment of Craig Vozzo from from West Coast. Uh, Which, you know, for all intents and purposes, and and it's all, you know, looking from afar here, it it seems like a really good, uh, really good appointment before he went to the Eagles and he was there for a long time. Um, He worked as a player agent. So he's got that good handle of both, you know, football programs through being the, you know, the the GM of footy uh, and also in list management at the Eagles. So he he knows what success looks like from a football perspective, uh, but he's also experienced the commercial side of football as well. So, I think the big positive here is that we've made a, what seems to be another football first appointment. Someone who you would expect given his background is really going to to do everything that he can to make sure that Brad Scott and his team has all the resources that they need to to be successful. Uh, so yeah I, I think it, it looks like a good appointment it, it it does make you wonder a little bit how he made such a big mistake with the uh, the previous short-lived appointment uh which you know I don't think we really need to talk about but yeah onwards and upwards with with someone I think he doesn't start till the middle of Jan so we're probably not going to hear his side of the story for another month or so yet but uh yeah I, I think it, from a farmer it looks like a good appointment
1: yeah well we'll wait to hear from him as as you say in January but as you said the fact that it's a football appointment suggests that you know it the the direction the club is moving is a consistent one with with this focus on football first the uh, we, we've seen it with the expansion of the of the assistant coaches uh, we've seen it with the implementation of the external review that they're really focused on being a football club first and foremost and the the other sides will will handle themselves if if the football club is successful. So, hopefully, this appointment will continue on that trend. And the other news, which dropped earlier uh, a couple of day a couple of days ago, was finally we got the fixture. It felt like you know we it was getting blood from a stone, and you know waiting the AFL waiting for the uh, moment that's going to cause the most controversy to drop games uh, with the with the first round dropping while the soccer roos are on. Uh, but we we know what the what the fixture is going to look like. Obviously, we don't know what the last eight rounds in terms of times times is going to be, but we know who we're playing and where we're playing. So the key things that, the takeaway from my point of view is so obviously the double ups. So Geelong, Collingwood, GWS, West Coast, North, and Port. Uh, in some some people have noted that we've ended up playing the three teams that finished below us as double ups, but. Also, if you go back and look at how we did in 2022, we actually lost to two of those sides in GWS and West Coast. So are they as easy as they may appear on paper? Not necessarily. Uh, unlike 2022, we have what appears to be a winnable first four games. So the Hawks, Suns, Saints, GWS, all those games are in Melbourne. I think if you if you wanted a, a good start to the year uh, and the team was, was coming in uh, feeling confident, that would help build on that. But then that's... Uh, compound that flipped on its head with what we consider to be challenging rounds five through 10 so melbourne collingwood geelong port brisbane and richmond and it's not necessarily about you know saying this is what you need to do to, to win finals after what we're coming off 2022 it's really more about seeing consistent effort consistent consistent performance uh regardless of the opponent and so just because they're uh, so so-called harder sides to play. You know the the team, the players should be embracing that challenge, going up against those sides. And we beat, for example, we beat Brisbane. Uh, we should have beaten Collingwood uh, in, in 2022. So those really shouldn't hold too many fears for the players. I think again, if you look at probably the balance of the. Of the fixture, there's only five what we consider home games in the first 15 rounds. Obviously, that means the back end is is quite good. And then, and, and again, if Essen is in a position where they could push for finals, having uh, that series of home games in the last eight rounds could be a benefit. Six interstate trips, including uh, Gather Round. Uh, there is that uh, four week patch where we have three interstate trips, so rounds uh, eight through 11. I think it's uh, Port, Brisbane. Uh, the third one, I, I can't quite. I think it might be West Coast. Quite significant travel uh, in that little block there uh, in the lead up to a couple of games before the bye, and then the, the one thing that I always look for is where we're playing Sydney, particularly if it's a uh, only playing Sydney once in a season, and for for once we're actually playing Sydney at home in a in a season where Essendon and Sydney only face each other once. So I don't know how we managed that. That doesn't seem to happen very often, but I'll take it. Uh, what are you? What are your thoughts looking at the fixture?
0: Yeah, I don't have a lot, to be honest. I don't read too much into it. Uh, yeah, we, it, it is nice to get Swans. It's a shame it's at Marvel rather than the G after we we knocked them off at the G. I think we were, the, prior to the grand final, the last team to beat them in, in 2022. They went on a real run after that. But yeah, I think the big thing is that we've got that a nice start to the season with some winnable games there. And I think that's important for for a young group and, and, a, and a developing group. I don't know their words that, that we don't want to throw around but that that is the reality uh, I think momentum up front is going to be really important and that's not to suggest that these are, are gimme games but with a healthy list and, and if we get through pre-season with most of our list intact and, and it seems that almost everyone at the moment uh with a few exceptions is is training and training well then uh then yeah we should expect to be able to to get some wins in that first month of footy we beat Hawthorne this year you know when we had a lot out a lot of outs and their list I guess if you looked at it critically as has you know come backwards from where it was this season given that they've traded out Mitchell and O'Meara Uh, we beat the Suns um, later in the year at home and and we beat St Kilda of course as well and in quite a comprehensive win and, and this year we'll take them on without Max King so there's three games there that, that or three opposition in, in the first four games that we're able we were able to beat this year. And then we play the Giants for the first time at home since twenty nineteen. And that's that's the last time we've actually beaten them. So yeah, that all holds well. I, I would expect for a good start to the year. Uh I, I think that that three interstate trips in four weeks is going to be tricky. But I also think it you know, if you your mind back to what Carlton were able to do this year they had some tricky games through the middle part of the season i know they fell away at the end but but they got some real momentum through the last 12 or sorry the first 10 to 12 weeks and it was because they were able to get some wins early and and you know if we're able to do that in the first four rounds then all of a sudden that Three interstate trip in four weeks against Port Brisbane and West Coast, uh, doesn't look quite as scary as as maybe um, it might have been this year if we were playing them off the back of you know playing Geelong in round one and the like. Uh, but yeah, I know I said I don't think much of it, but I've just rubbed it on then. Um, I, you know, I, I don't read too much into the rest of it. I know there's rankings out saying that we've got the softest fixture and and all of those kind of things, but. Yeah, we saw we saw this year with Collingwood going from bottom four to top four. How quickly that can change, and and what might be a a good opponent to have twice becomes a bit of a nightmare, and and vice versa. So, I think we just need to to wait and see how it it plays out, and hope that we do get through pre season really fit and healthy, and and can get some wins early, and then and then build some momentum into the rest of the
1: season. Absolutely. And, you know, again, I've, I've seen some people complaining about the the scheduling of the games. Well, when you're a bottom four side, which we were this year, you, you don't get many uh, benefits in the way of the fixture. They're not looking to put you in prime time. So the way we're going to get a better fixture is by performing better. And if we can take it up to some of these high ranked sides in that uh, round five to 10 period, then we, we're going to put ourselves in a uh, better position to not only be successful, but also to get better fixtures in the future. So let's look at the draft again. So obviously uh, I went through this in a fair bit of detail with Jasper, but I thought uh, we'd get your take on the the draftees and the like, and we'll just go through them again. And one of the requests that we had uh, about the draftees were to look at stats that those particular players could help in. And there's just a few that I think really stand out to me. So firstly, uh, with the drafting of, of Sardis, obviously, the highest-ranked midfielder available at our pick. Uh, The choice between Sardis and Philippou uh, was probably the big swing point of the draft. And once uh, Essendon picked Sardis and the rest of the draft fell into place, I think for Essendon, if you're looking at a stat that Sardis can help improve in, it's, for me, it's stoppage clearance. I think For the last few years, it's been a key area of weakness for Essendon. So, uh, in 2022, they were 17th ranked in total for stoppage clearances. And then in terms of the differential between Essendon and their opponents, they were 12th. So, it's an area that we constantly are finding ourselves uh, struggling at. And especially given our pretty strong centre clearance numbers, Uh, Again, if you can get the ball first at stoppage, then you're limiting the opposition's ability to generate uh, attacks. So, if that's an area that we can improve, and Sartis, for me, seems to be the sort of player who could improve in that area, being a somewhat larger body and sort of explosive through there, so he could fit that bill. Uh, Lewis Hayes, uh, he's one of the best intercepting defenders in the draft pool. Now, if you look at Essendon's uh, intercept differential in 2022, they were ranked ninth. So they basically broke they broke even. But in order to be a premiership threat, this needs to be a top four stat. So Hayes is the sort of player that can help in this area, either through his own intercepting ability or because a player like him or you know if a player like Zach Reed comes on that can release the Jordan Ridley to do more of that rather than having to worry so much about an opponent. And again, if we want to be a premiership threat, that needs to be a a top four stat. Uh the Davies, uh, particularly Jaden Davies, that uh, small forward uh, inside 50 tackles is a huge area that allows teams to have multiple attempts at shots on goal. Uh, SM were ranked 15th for tackles inside 50 in 2022. Our differential was actually uh, fairly reasonable, but I think this is one of those situations where you have to consider more factors than just uh, raw numbers in that. I think the argument for me would be that, yes, our differential – was actually not too bad. But the reason why differential wasn't too bad was because we were allowing too many marks inside opposition forward 50. And if the opposition's taking marks inside their forward 50, there's not as many opportunities for them to tackle. So the differential, uh even though it looks pretty good, I don't think really sends the the proper message in that case, even though I'm a really big proponent for for looking at differentials. Uh, I think the raw figures for SNM were the were the key factor or the key stat to look at there. So that's where I think they can uh, act there, uh, obviously Mankara um, being picked as a cat B. and then probably the surprise with the rookie pick of Rhett Montgomery as a medium defender. I think I, I did this on Twitter when I when I put out the depth chart, but when I when I did that experiment, when you look at who who is Essendon's medium defenders, you're really limited in terms of who they are. So you've got what I would consider medium defenders to be Jordan Ridley, Jake Kelly. Uh, Jane Laverde probably should be playing as a medium defender, but the nature of our backline has meant he's been playing as a as a key defender. So I ranked him as such. And so outside of Ridley and Kelly, you really haven't got a whole lot of depth in that medium defender band, uh, especially with Francis going out. So I think the acquisition of Montgomery was a was a fulfilling a need. Obviously, we'll see how he actually plays. It'd be interesting to see how he goes in those practice matches and then in the VFL. Uh, but I think that was a list need that they filled there, so I think that was a, a fairly astute pick up based on that. What were your thoughts there?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you and Jasper both did such a great job covering the the draft that yeah, I don't have a whole lot to. Add. I I know there's been a big obsession with big tall. Competitive contested mids and, and needing to get those onto our list, and uh, you, you know, no doubt that our contested footy has been a weakness. But I do think we've we've addressed that in part over the last couple of years. You know, Perkins is a, a big, tall, powerful young kid who's who's at some point going to to make his way into the midfield. Uh, and Hobbs, you know, whilst he's you know unbelievably six foot midfielders are now not considered tall mids, but um, Hobbs and, and Caldwell are, are obviously contested strong-bodied um young players who are only going to get better and better in that area of the ground so we we have sort of addressed at that part to to an extent and Darcy parish is obviously one of the better contested ball winners in the competition too and and we saw that in in 2021 uh so i i really did think going into the draft that we needed to address the outside as much as the inside and i think we've we've done that i, I mean sardis is Certainly tall, and and he's going to develop into a really strong and powerful player. You can just tell the way that he he carries himself that he's got, um, uh, you know, he's got some real power about him that's going to get better with time. And uh, but what he does add, I think, is some real speed and class in in the way that we are going to be able to move the ball around the grounds and and some really explosive running power both with and without the ball. And I think that's really important because we don't have a lot of that. Um, you know, the Davies are, are obviously smaller and, and uh, you know, Alwyn Jr. Is at some point probably going to see some time in the midfield. He'll, he'll likely start his career in the forward line. Likewise, his brother Jaden and, and Anthony McCara looks like he's got so much skill and talent. And then I think, you know, we all forget that we've effectively added Wallet to the list because he did retire and, and was off our list and, and we had to get permission to bring him back on. So, you know, with us two Davies, Mankara and Walla. what we've done is really added some real pace and skill and class and spread to our side uh, and to our list that, that I think we sorely needed because, you know, other than, you know, maybe Hind's explosive pace and, you know, Hind at, at, at his best is in a great kick. Shield out of clearance, again, not a, not a great kick and, and Stringer when he's fit we really are a list that has been quite vanilla and, and sort of one-trick ponies, I reckon, to an extent. So I think bringing that 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 pace and explosiveness into our list is going to give us um, something that we can really develop and become a bit of a strength for us that, you know, we we lost when we lost the likes of Fantasia, Saad and, uh, and Connor McKenna. Uh we were fifteenth for inside fifty tackles as you you mentioned and you know, one of the worst in the competition for winning the ball back in our own forward half. So we've added some players that can help in that part of the ground and, and we also uh bring some more options to our forward line. I think with the Davies and Mankara as well that that Going to cause headaches for opposition sides, and and we're starting to get a list together that's going to allow us to have six genuine forwards in our in our forward fifty, rather than having you know two forwards and some bits and pieces players and some midfielders playing there because you know we're you know we need to fill um, some spots on the on the whiteboard. So uh, yeah, I think that. That's some smart recruiting. And then, you know, Hayes is a 197 centimetre key defender and likely going to grow another centimetre or two. So with him and Reed, as you know, the best part of two metres tall, uh, knowing that key forwards now are are that tall. You know, Harry McKay is that big. The King brothers are that tall. Um, You know, we've got our own um, in, in... in Peter Wright, you really do need your key defenders to be able to to have that reach, and, and with Hayes and Reid, we we may well have found our our key pillars for the next ten years, and as you mentioned, allow someone like Ridley to to drop off and play. Well, I think we all recognise he does best as that intercept marker. And then, yeah, Montgomery gives us depth in that position. Again, as you mentioned, he's also 22 or 23. He's played senior footy, so he's a hardened body. So not only does he add depth in that position, but he's got the physical attributes to be able to play footy in 2023 if we need that. Sounds like he's a pretty good kick as well, so he adds some skill there. Um so, yeah, I, I mean, it's all hindsight now. I, I don't think anyone walks away from the draft, any club walks away from the draft thinking they've done a bad job. Everyone thinks they've done really well. But on, I think in terms of what our list needed, I think we really have um, we have addressed some real weaknesses.
1: Yeah, and we still have another opportunity with uh, when Jaden David was picked, it was made clear by Dodoro that he would be going on the long-term injury list, which gives us another uh, supplementary selection uh, position. Uh, and for my for my view, we should be still looking at the best talent. Um, I know I, I praise the Montgomery pick for uh, list balance reasons, but I think we've fixed the the one area of depth in the list uh that was lacking with the pickup of Montgomery. So go back to uh best talent at this stage uh and you know, I don't think you should necessarily worry about list balance at this particular stage of development. Uh you just get the best talent in and if you get to a situation where your list is imbalanced, you can trade talent out, uh, excess talent out to fill those needs. And that's what I would look at doing. And there's three players currently training uh, for the SSP spot. And, you know, some of them, some of the names might not be familiar to you, but, uh, you know, this time last year, how many people uh, could have uh, picked Nick Martin out of the crowd? So you never know what's going to happen across the course of a preseason. Who are the three players we've got uh, potentially training for us for that spot?
0: Yeah, I, I would have used this spot for an experienced player to bring some, some experience into the list, someone like Tom Phillips who who got delisted at Hawthorne. But I'd be surprised if we went for someone who's not training with us. I mean, you know, Adrian Dodora does like to pull surprises, but I think in this case, you'd go with, with someone who's been, you know, training in, in your system for for a couple of months. Uh, so, yeah, so Brad Lynch is, is one of those. He's a, a medium defender, similar profile player to, to Rhett Montgomery, not quite as tall. He's 187 centimetres. He was on the Bulldogs list for three or four years there, played nine games back in 2018. He was originally pick 11 in the 2015 rookie draft. So he was sort of it been in the system for a number of years. I, you'd imagine, given that we have uh, picked up Montgomery in the rookie draft, we'd probably look past him and, and he wouldn't be someone that we would entertain unless – we, we genuinely thought that he had attributes that were going to add something to, to maybe help us in the short term. Uh, then we've got two young players training with us. Um, Mitch Zabowski, who brings back memories of, um, the big Wabowski for me. Um, a movie I watched too many times in my teens, but anyway, uh, he, he is that big body midfielder. Again, I, as I've said previously, I haven't watched a lot of draft, um, football this year so I don't proclaim to know much about him other than what I've read and heard but he was, you know, coming into this year, he was touted as a potential top 10 pick and uh, didn't quite go that way. And, and most of the the uh, phantom draft and draft analysts had him going somewhere between 25 and 40. So it seems the common consensus with him is that he's the one of the ones that was really unlucky to get drafted. Uh, he's, yeah, 186 centimetres, 86 kilos. So he is a big boy. He's ready to go. He's a very good contested footballer. His draft profile reads... A little bit similar to to what I remember Joe Watson when he was drafted. And again, to be clear, not pretending that he's going to develop into Job Watson, but Job was someone who was very good at ground level, was able to pick the ball up off the ground, use his body and his shape and his hips to to get the ball to teammates and, and let them do what they were good at. Job was a bit of a no-frills player, Um which sounds like uh, young Mitch is as well. So yeah, some similar traits there. I guess the one difference that that set Joe apart was that he was able to go forward and and take marks and kick goals, which probably is something that that might be a bit of a knock on 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 Mitch is that you you know most this managers are looking for guys that have some strings to their bow, and, and maybe he doesn't have that yet. And then the other one is Ruben Maguire, who's I've seen been likened a little bit to Paddy Ryder in the way he plays as a forward. He's, he's not quite as tall as Paddy. I don't think he's 194 centimeters. A, a key forward from East Perth, but got a big vertical leap, covers the ground quite well. Um, obviously, still really raw and developing. And you know, again with those later twos, that they're, they're both sort of holes on our list, aren't they? Where we don't have a lot of depth. Uh, you know, we've added Setterfield to the list as that as a big body contested mid, and and he. Probably starts the year as depth in that position, but beyond him, there's not a lot outside of our what most people would consider our best 22. And then in terms of key forwards, uh, you know Peter Wright obviously picks himself, and then depending whether Brad Scott goes two key uh, sorry three tools or two tools or three, you've got um, you've got Wiedemann, who we've obviously come across from Melbourne. We've got Harry Jones, who's you know had a slow start to preseason off the back of um, some surgery, so. Uh, and then it's then it's Baldwin, who's obviously um, still developing and, and growing as well. So there's not a lot of key forward depth on our list. So yeah, both of those I think would would add to areas that that we're lacking a little bit at the moment.
1: Absolutely, and I guess we'll we'll see how that plays out and and who's lucky enough to to get that spot. Well, what we're going to do now is we're going to sort of start looking ahead into 2023, and I've I've put together a few questions for you, Jono. Uh, predictions that you've got for next year. So I'm going to ask you these and then I'll um, hear what you think and we'll, we'll record that down. Um, I'm probably going to put these out as a, as a challenge for our listeners to uh, answer themselves and I'll, I'm going to think of a creative way for people to get involved with that. So just keep an eye on uh, Twitter or the uh, podcast uh, webpage. Uh, I'm going to put an announcement out about that um, in the next couple of days for, for the listeners to get involved with these questions. we the first one. So, obviously, we're, we're done the stats, so we're, we're focused a lot on the stats and the tactics. So, the first question is about the stats. Uh, what is the stat you'll be keeping an eye on that will gauge whether Essendon is improving?
0: Yeah, obviously, we don't have, uh, you know, a spare 50 or 60K uh, to get ourselves a champion data license and get all the the big stats that that the analysts on Fox Footy and the like uh, have access to. So, uh, we... we Stick to the more traditional and boring ones that you can get on afl.com.au and the like. So, uh, I've picked two mates. So cheating a little bit, but one with the ball and one without, which I think is is only fair. So, so with the ball uh, is inside fifties and and shots per entry. So, how often we're getting it inside fifty, and and of those, how many we're converting into a shot at goal? We were twelfth for inside fifties last year, and uh, you know we weren't really good at, uh, at at really being able to get the ball in deep to our our def our to our forwards and, and give them a chance and i think that was part because of forward makeup and who we had playing there and then part because of just confidence and the way we move the ball and, and you know maybe elements of game plan and the like as well so uh, i think an improvement in the number of inside 50s would suggest that we've got better options more synergy in our forward line and and a better connection between halfback midfield and and forward line and then without the ball it's turnovers, uh, and and that's opposition turnovers. So how how many times per game we're able to to win the ball back off the opposition through turnover? And you know you talked about intercept marks, which is quite similar. I, I guess the difference in in the metric is that intercept marks or, or intercepts is just a direct win back off the opposition. So they kick it or handball it and you get it back. Uh, turnovers includes things like, um, you know, winning a holding the ball free kick from a chase down tackle. So the opposition's turned the ball over through a free kick or you've put pressure on and forced a kick that's gone out of bounds on the full. So it's a little bit more encompassing in that regard. Uh, so, yeah, we were 15th in the comp last year in terms of winning the ball back from the opposition. So I'm really keen to see how that improves.
1: Absolutely. As, as I said, it's, you know, if you're going to be a premiership side, you've got to be top four in that intercept turnover uh, range. So, again, that's an area that I would also be looking to focus on. And then thinking about in terms of, you know, the, the game tactics or the, the gameplay of and what's the major gameplay change you want to see in 2023?
0: Yeah, I, look, I, I think there's there's a lot, but I'll, I'll keep it simple. And I think the, the big one is midfield rotations. I, I think I probably bored people speaking about this a lot last year, but we had, you know, midfielders sitting in our forward line who weren't being effective as forwards. And then we had midfields, opposition midfielders, run over the top of us in, in quarter three of games because we were still running with the same, you know, four or five mids. And, and often we were, you know, it was it was four, four, four mids against five, six of the opposition. So I'd really like to see us expand the number of players that we have running through our midfield and see a more even rotation between those. And and if you look at Geelong as the example, which you should, you know, they they won the premiership. Uh, they, uh, you know, besides Blitzard's, who who is a high 10D player in the final series? They had you know the the rest of their midfield, and this includes guys like Salwood and Dangerfield, who were you know elite footballers. They they were only entering the centre um you know, 14, 15, 16 times a game, whereas we would see we would have three midfielders going in 22 23 times and then uh, a couple of guys maybe one or two so yeah just more more rotation more balance through that midfield uh, i think is is the big one that i'd like to see change this year or next yeah. year
1: as you said that was a that was a big focus and i think the first time you brought it up was the Fremantle game where as you said that third quarter that we and just got run over the top and when we went back and looked at the numbers it was uh parish shield uh, merit and I think McGrath basically the you know over eighty percent centre bounds attendances each is where you had Fremantle with players in the sixties and, and therefore that were were in a better position to take advantage of flagging Essendon players in in the third quarter. Uh, next question: What is your biggest question mark going into twenty twenty three?
0: Yeah, it's the composition of our forward line. Uh, we've got a, a lot of sort of similar players, or not a lot, but enough. On our list now, that is, who were best twenty-two on talent, but how you fit them all in and what positions you you have them play in, I think is going to be interesting because, you know, guys like uh, Langford, Stringer, Martin, Perkins, they're all best twenty-two players on talent alone. They can all play in multiple positions—forward, mid, or wing—but uh, if they're not um, you can't have them all picked as forwards, and and depending on how we 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 go with you know wanting to get some games into young players and the like, I, I'm curious to see. I guess that's my my concern, probably more than a big question mark, is if we end up with a forward line of Wright, uh, Weedham, and Jones as as three tools. We you know we we know that brad scott in his previous time as a coach liked three tall forwards wederman's been recruited uh with an eye to him being a second ruckman so in likelihood we could end up with with three key forwards if we have stringer and Langford as well playing forward assume martin's going to play on the wing and, and perkins is rotating mid forward we haven't really addressed our issue with adding pressure and and our ability to win the ball at ground level so uh, that's yeah. That that's the big one for me. Is is who who maybe misses out um, that that has the, gets a game on talent in order to address that weakness of ground level um, pressure and and ground level ball winning ability. That we've gone out and recruited Menzi for and the Davies for and and Mankara for. We've got Waller back. Uh, so yeah, that, that's the big one for me, mate. Yeah, Wayne as well. Yep.
1: Yeah there's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh question marks on the small forwards I think that's why if you you look at the depth chart there's there's quite a lot of small forwards they've they've picked a lot to see to see if they can find one or two that will that will work in the long term Uh the next question is what is Brad Scott's biggest challenge in 2023
0: Yeah I've got a theory and it's 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 only a theory that Twenty twenty one came as a bit of a surprise, I think, for for most. And and what we saw towards the second half of the year is that Ben Rutten was really afraid to to change his side and and give some other guys a go, uh, because what went from developing went to trying to win games to make finals. And you know that that's proven to be a bit of a flawed exercise. But anyway, let, let's not look too far backwards. But I I think. That in part is Brad Scott's biggest challenge: is how much does he make twenty twenty? How how strong and, con, and and how much conviction does he have in what he's trying to achieve? To 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 ask for some additional patience from Essendon fans. Who let's face it, we've we've all run out of it. And we want to see success, but we don't have a premiership list for twenty twenty three. We we don't have one for twenty twenty four. We've got a lot of exciting young talent, and we've got some guys that have been on this for a while who who probably aren't going to be premiership players. We need to move past them at some point. So I think his big challenge is, is how does he get that balance between, uh, you know, how young do we go this year? And, uh, and, you know, I'm not putting lines through any people, but, you know, is there benefit? I know he's just been announced with having some stress fractures in his back and and we'll tread carefully, but, you know, is, is there more benefit in bringing Zach Reed into the side than, than having Jake Kelly there and pushing Laverde to, to play as a medium defender and then getting those games into read? Or do we go, you know what, Kelly, you know, played a good, had a good 2022 season. He's a, he's a veteran, he's experienced, and we need that um, down back. Um, you know, Snelling, who was, you know, top three in our BNF two years ago, but really struggled last year versus an Elwin Davey. You know, Snelling might give us more in the first part of the season, but, you know, are we better set up for 24 and 25 um, if Elwin – David Junior's, you know, gets to play eighteen games this year, so I think that's his biggest challenge is how he balances the pressure that's going to come from Essendon fans to to see wins now versus developing young footballers and getting games into them for the future.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be quite interesting to see all that play out, and I guess we'll, we'll get an idea of that early in the season with the with the practice matches and then into into those early rounds. Uh, and just some rapid fire ones to finish off. So, firstly, who's going to be the first debutante? Of 2023,
0: yeah, Sardis. I imagine uh, you know, uh, picked number five in the draft. He, his body looks like it's ready to go to play on on an outside as an outside mid. So I think he'll he'll get introduced in the first month. Uh, if it was me though, I'd be picking Owen Junior round one. I'd get him straight in there and and get some excitement happening and and just get games under his belt. Uh,
1: I think we'd all like to see that. Uh, now I think we can all agree, Peter Wright is probably a dollar dollar one favorite to finish first in the goal kicking. So who do you see is finishing second in the goal kicking?
0: Yeah, if he's fit, I think Stringer's a dollar two favorite to finish second. Okay. So I, yeah, I, I'm going to assume that he's going to play enough games to to finish second and kick, you know, 35-ish goals.
1: Yeah, uh, Who's going to be the breakout player?
0: I, I struggled to, I've gone with a bit of an obvious one here. Uh, my, my instinct was to stay Menzi, but because I think he's come back really fit, and and I think he's got the determination to really uh, earn his spot on the list, and 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 pay um, pay back, I guess, for for the faith that that the club's putting him to give him his chance. You know, make the most of his opportunity, I guess, are the words that I was looking for. But I struggle to see how he fits into the side because I, uh, as we're talking about with uh, the question mark over our forward. Makeup up and, and whether he gets in early enough to to be able to do that. So I've gone with Archie Perkins. I think we'll see him play some decent midfield minutes under Brad Scott this year, and, and he'll really start to show his talent.
1: Yeah. And, and finally, just, just a number, no, no explanation. Uh, how many wins does Essendon end 2023 with?
0: Oh, Just a number, gave, no explanation. I gave, I gave a range. Uh, I'm going to go 11.
1: Okay. All right we said no explanation I'm not going to I'm not going to press you there I guess we can something we can talk about more in the, in the new year and go from there All right well look we're going to start wrapping this episode up but this is probably going to be our last main episode of the year and it's you know with, it's been a big year big year for us you know I think we can both agree this has gone way bigger than either of us expected when we started with that Twitter space, uh, which we probably was to like a hundred. I think we had a hundred listens uh, across that entire Twitter space uh, the round the week before the season started uh, to be where we we are now um, with the the downloads that we're getting. It's it's just incredible. Um, I guess what are your what are your thoughts on how this year, year of done the stats gone and uh, you know what 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 are your big takeaways?
0: Yeah, it, it has been incredible. I, I've been really overwhelmed and, you know, as you know, and I've said before, I'm I'm an introvert at heart. So the the sort of the people reaching out and, and asking questions and, you know, putting our name to this has, has been something that's been a, a big personal challenge for me, but a really rewarding one and got me out of my comfort zone. So I'm really, really grateful that we did it. Uh, uh, yeah, I think we were – I played in a cricket grand final the day of round one against the cats and, mm. and you came along and watched and you, I think you made the comment to me that we've just, we ticked over a hundred listens uh, on the Twitter space and we were both so sort of gobsmacked that, that, that many people would listen. And it's just got bigger and bigger. And, mm. uh, and yeah, it, it's been great just to talk about footy and, and connect with, with, you know, I appreciate we're, we're not everyone's cup of tea, you know, people, and that's the great thing about our game is that people can absorb it in different ways and, and, and how they like it. And, you know, we, we were trying to talk to people who are a bit more like-minded with us and, and quite analytical, and, and and that happened really quickly, and that's been amazing. And then we found this other part of the community that, that didn't necessarily talk about the game like that, but wanted to understand a bit more about the mechanics of the game and, and were prepared to give up their time to and, and saw us as a resource to learn and, and understand a bit more about some of the nuances that are happening on game day. And and that was that was really rewarding as well. And the other brilliant thing that I've got out of it is just to spend more time chatting to you, Maiden, uh you've been, you know, you you've been the um the backbone of all of this and kept me really organized and um you know, you, you do all the editing, which has been incredible. You've, uh, yeah, you do a lot of the research around, you know, how we, we launched a podcast in the first place and, and all of the technical things that go on behind the scenes. So, um, you know, from, from the bottom of my heart, I, I think the, the best thing has been able to spend more time with you and, and yeah, I'm really grateful for all the effort and, and work that you've put in. It's, um, it's been fantastic. Well,
1: I, I really appreciate that. And, and, you know, We've known each other for uh, eight years now. I want to say, I think twenty. I Want to say twenty fourteen was when yeah. we first play, we first played cricket. And yeah, you know, I think from that from that first year of cricket we played together. You know, you're just someone that you know I wanted to to talk with and and you know hang out with and the like. And the fact that we, you know, it's 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 hard now with um because I'm I'm living on the other side of the of um town to you now um and you know with family it's hard to you know have that that same. Uh, weekly connection that we had through cricket. So being able to do this and, you know, you know, build, build our, build our friendship, I guess, from, from a basic level, but also build, build this and, and the wider community that that's built up around it. Um, I've really taken a lot out of it and I want to thank you. And I want to thank, uh, everyone who's interacted, you know, sent, sent DMs or, you know, made, made positive comments, uh, to me about the show. Um, you know it's it's really meant a lot to me and um, I'm really looking forward to what we can do with this uh over the next year and and years to come and I just want to give a uh, few shout outs um just to the people who came on the show this year you know we reached out to a few people and, and was so grateful that they they would actually come on the show uh firstly um SJ Willow who did our first bonus episode talking about how he got into the 93 grand final uh Todd Davey um just just a great man and just you know, just someone who's really good to talk to. Um, Toby from Sweden, who reached out when I when I put out requests for people who wanted to to tell their Essendon story, the fact that you were willing to, you know, put yourself out there and, and share your interesting story was great. Uh, the fact we got to talk to Dr. Dan Eddy um, probably knows more about Essendon history than anyone else uh, going around at the moment. Um, Ricky Mangitis, uh obviously not an Essendon fan, but the fact that you know, a North fan was willing to to come on and, and talk about Brad Scott in, in such depth. I think it was a really interesting perspective that, you know, not many other people would have would have had access to. So thanks to him. Uh Jasper Shalapa, you know, outstanding work with the draft. And I think, you know, judging by Twitter, it seems like you've you've got some really good opportunities out of the work that you've done overall this year. So I think you're you're an absolute star on the rise. And I think we're pretty lucky to have got you um, before uh before you break out. Uh, Mike Reed for coming on and, and talking about the boards in such in such detail and, and such thoughtfulness. I think is something that in an area that people don't really, you know, spend too a lot of time thinking about and, and its importance I think was a was a key thing to discuss. And then uh, you know, we've we've been on Twitter spaces and, and we've kept we've kept going with that. And you know, we, we do ask people to 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 share their thoughts. And I think people are a little bit shy to do it, but uh, one man, uh, Vince, Vince Tascanis, um, you know, never, never shy coming forward. And I think it's, it was a real uh, highlight whenever you, your hand would go up in the, in the Twitter space to, to share your thoughts. It, it made us uh, feel like the, um, the effort to going on doing it on Twitter spaces and having that live interaction was, was worthwhile. So thanks very much for that. And also uh, thanks to the 26 people who gave us five star reviews on Apple podcasts, you know, uh, just just have that many people uh, think our work is, of that level of value uh, is really uh, makes me feel really chuffed. So yeah. What about yourself? I've I've gone through an extensive list. Do you have anyone you want to add?
0: Yeah. A a couple more, mate. Um, sounding a little bit like the Oscars, but yeah, there's been, I won't individualise, but there's been lots and lots of people who have reached out to both of us, either in DMs or, or on Twitter and, and asked questions or, or shared some great feedback and constructive feedback as well. So thank you to to all of those. But um, on an individual level, I'd like to to thank Robert Shaw, who, uh, you know, all of us and fans will know and love, but he's been a, a big supporter of... of both of us in, in, in making this happen and, and really did encourage me to, to have a voice and, and get it out there. And and obviously I learned a lot working with him, uh, back in the Halcyon days when, when Essendon was winning, uh, finals. So yeah, thanks to Shori for, for all of his, um, encouragement and being a sounding board and, and someone to bounce off. And also my brother as well, Andrew, who, uh, who listens pretty much to every show and and also has spent a lot of time working in in football, um, at a couple of clubs. So he he's got a really good football knowledge and and he's someone that um I draw on as well for a lot of inspiration, a lot of um, you know, just making sure that I sense check uh some of the more uh, analytical things that I, I put forward. So yeah, thanks to to Andrew as well.
1: Excellent. So I guess just thinking about what the plans are for 2023. So just a few things uh, are in the work. So we've after talking it through, we've decided to stick with Twitter spaces for the match preview shows um, just because again, we, we want to have that community. You know, I think the listening live uh, aspect of it, you know, I think it actually helps us in terms of uh, how, <laughs> how we present the show. You know, it gives a bit more tension. That you can't just edit out mistakes when it's live. Um we are uh one thing to just really state clearly is that our match preview shows so the week the regular weekly show is always going to be free and it's always going to be released at the same time to all listeners which will be pertinent based on some other things we're going to talk about. Uh supporter badge is going to be available for purchase once Jono does the redesign of the logo. Um we'll get that organized and, and available for purchase. Uh if you think if you're thinking about what that is, if you consider the sort of the player badges that you would stick on your uh you stick on your scarf. That's that's the sort of thing we're going for. You know, as a supporter of the podcast. Um, and Silver Top Hills is going to get the first one after winning the draft tipping competition. So as soon as that's ready to go, I'll organise for that to be sent out to you. I'll, I'll grab your address there. And then we are going to be launching a Patreon. We have had you know, probably half a dozen people you know ask us directly if if we're going to have a Patreon. And then when we did the when we did the questionnaire, uh, the response was overall pretty open to a Patreon. Um, as I said, match previews will always be, uh, free and, and listen uh, available for listen for everyone at the same time. Um, the bonus content. So the bonus interviews will be released early for patrons. My aim is to do one of those a month during the season. Uh, I've got a few ideas of, of interesting people to get. So hopefully people will enjoy those. So you probably get a week that a week before, uh, regular listeners. Uh, Patreon-exclusive video content. If you watch the uh, really rushed and rough uh, tier list I did of Essendon players, uh, expect things like that, but more polished, and that will be Patreon-exclusive. And then uh, things like Patreon-exclusive match watch-along. So, some of the interstate games, uh, we might uh, have a Patreon Zoom where we can get on and and you know watch the game together you know obviously can't be many of us can't be at the game uh when they are interstate from Melbourne. so to have that um just that that uh community aspect to it and if you were paying attention to my twitter you may have seen i did did hint at a live show um currently i'm pretty i'm pretty keen to at least explore the opportunity i think i'm going to be able to talk O, the introvert into getting up there with me um looking at that that west coast game in may as the the most uh ideal uh, option for that given that there are no games in Melbourne at that time so venues where it could happen uh, might not be as busy so we'll more information and in, in we'll build up for that will come next year but yeah that's some of the things to look forward to um, in terms of uh content early in the year we're going to do episodes uh breaking down that depth chart that that we put up there on Twitter earlier and then we've actually just pushed something back from from this week we we're going to do our best 22. For round one, uh, that's something we're going to uh, do as a its own episode early uh, in next year. Is, is some of that early content for next year. Um, but yeah, I guess that's that's what we're coming up with on the stat. Uh, if you've got any feedback or ideas on that, uh, please let us know. And then, as always, you know, every every week of these main shows, we we finish with a final thought. A final thought. Um, sometimes I really struggle to come up with what these these could be, and uh, so being rushing in the last minute to think of the. A good one, but I thought of this one early. So Jono, finish this thought. My S in the New Year's resolution is
0: My S news the New Year's resolution is to let you answer these first. So over to you, mate.
1: Well, I have I've thought of a good one. Now before I, I just wanna point out that uh the the work that the training watches do is outstanding, uh particularly uh Rick Edwards. Uh, Charlie Don's, uh, Scott from Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Um, You know, all all the information about what's going on at training I think is fantastic. Um, You know, it's the sort of thing the club probably should be doing more of its own, but the fact that we've got uh, people like you doing it is outstanding and uh, your work is really valued. But I've made the New Year's resolution not to read anything into things that you say or, uh, you know, things that are hyped up at training over the the off-season. I've been burnt one too many times before. Uh, I'm solely about how we perform in those early rounds of the season before I start, you know, thinking about what the season's going to be like. So uh, keep up the great work and I'll, I'll keep uh, reading and engaging with it, but I'm not reading anything into it until we start, we get to uh, round one. What's yours?
0: No, I, I, I think that's an advice, mate. I, I, I actually don't have one. I'm not, I'm not a New Year's resolution set up, so I'm, I'm not going to set, set an Essen-related one, but I think that's sound advice. I, I think it, it's good to see that things are, are starting to move in the right direction for the club, but I think to, to get too excited too soon is just going to end in misery. So let's hope we, we take progressive steps into, the, into next year. But I think on, on the theme of New Year's, mate, let, let it be... Yeah, I just want to take a chance to to thank everyone and once again, and wish all of our our listeners and and all of us and fans are, are are really happy and merry and most importantly safe Christmas and New Year. Uh, Christmas and New Year can also be a, a bit of a sad and tough time for people as well. So if there is anyone in in that basket, by all means, find your way into into my DMs or say good day, and we can talk about the bombers and um, or or something of that like and 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 try and uh, talk about better things, but. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, just once again, wish everyone a a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and and thanks for all of your support through 2022 and and look forward to coming back um, in 2023 and and having another big year. Absolutely. Go Dons.